NBC, they're going to start a series called AD, which is going through uh, 12 episodes through the book of Acts. And it really looks like a blessing. I listened to uh, Roma Downey and her husband on Focus on the Family this week. As uh, I didn't realize it, but they've created a number of reality shows like The Voice, and they've done pretty well in that world. Um, but their passion has been to want to bring to the screen the, the, um, the Bible, the Scriptures. So I encourage you to check that out. and could be a great witnessing opportunity for us as well to have people to watch as they put on the screen what happened in the early church as God began to move through His people. Well, we are in Matthew 27. We'll get some different verses, but I want to look at what Judas missed. I'm going to ask you to stand when you find that. It's Matthew 27, verses 1 through 10 this morning. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty silver coins to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied? That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 silver coins, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field. As the Lord commanded me. Let's pray. Father as we approach you Lord. There is blessing. That you have provided. And a lot of people miss that Lord. I pray today that. No one here would miss that blessing. That you have provided. I miss Father that although we're around it. We can miss you. That's what happened to Judas. And I pray this morning as we take time to look at him, what he missed, that, Father, our hearts would just be drawn to you because really you are the audience. You are the one who deserves our attention, Lord. You're the one that deserves our lives because you gave yours. And I just pray you would speak to our hearts. We're here on this special day because you're alive. Tomb is empty. Death could not hold you. And Father, hope sings a very beautiful song, Lord, that you want us to make our own song. So sing to us, Master. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As I think about villains through history, um, you know, like in the movies, you know, you have Batman and, and the Joker, and Heath Ledger literally went crazy trying to go into that role of that villain. And then, you know, I, I thought of, uh, you know, being a guy, one of the movies I liked was Braveheart. And, 
And the king, man, what a wicked guy he was. There's this battle scene where, where they're on the field and, and they're, you know, marching, marching into battle. And, and in that scene, uh, Longshanks, the king, says to his commander, he says, march ahead. And his commander says, sire, won't we hit our own troops? And he replies, yes, but we will hit theirs as well. We have reserves. I thought, man, what a cat. And then as you look through history, of course you can't help but think of, of Hitler. And then presently, as, as we're dealing with ISIS, as we're dealing with people who literally are taking other people's lives before us. And then I come to Scripture here, and as we think of the disciples, there's a guy named Judas. But it's interesting, as I think about Judas as, as the bad guy, as the villain among the circle of Jesus. What I, I really feel for him is a deep sense of disappointment because of what he missed. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at Philippians 3.18 and, and as Paul shares his heart, he says, For as I have told you many times before, and as I say to you even now, there are many who live as enemies of the cross. Paul looked around at those who are against Jesus Christ, who are against the work that God completed at Calvary. And he said, I'm not angry with these people. It's not that I want to snuff them out. He says, man, I cry. Because they are missing what is really and he goes on, he describes them. He says, hey, these guys, their, their God is their stomach. Their destiny is destruction. And, and he says, their glory is in their shame. Their mind, he says, is on earthly things. They're missing what really matters. And as we look at Judas, we, we look at a guy who missed ultimately what mattered. In 1 John three sixteen, it says, we know what love is because Jesus gave his life for us. That's why we must give our lives for each other. And Judas has gone down in history. He's certainly been immortalized, but not in a way any of us want to be immortalized. I mean, when do you see a, a church that's St. Judas Church? You don't. There are kids that have Bible names. There's Jephthahs and Joshua's and Josiah's and Jeremiah's and Aaron's and Levi's and Obadiah's and Elias. But you don't, you don't find a baby boy named Judas. And when you look through the scriptures, you've got First Timothy, but you don't have First and Second Tim, and you've got, of course, the books of First and Second Peter, but you don't have the books of First and Second Pete, but you got the book of Jude instead of the book of Judas. Why? Because they, there's a distinction there, not to be linked with Judas Iscariot. But who, who, who was this guy? Well. Of course, we know he was the treasurer. We know he was the one that ultimately betrayed Jesus with that kiss. We know he was the one who ultimately took those 30 pieces of silver. But why did he do it? Well, here are some ideas that people came up with. The first one was that he was the only non-Galilean of the group. He was the only one that didn't have that shared community. He was the guy that was, that was left out growing up with a bunch. 
You know, I've thought of that a couple of times in my life. Once when I was in eighth grade, I had this guy I hung around with through most of middle school. Came in eighth grade, I'll never forget how direct he was with me. He said, well, this is it, Todd. Our friendship's over. You're just not cool enough. So, well, boy, did that hurt. Did hit hard. And then I remember in high school, another friend of mine that I hung around with, take all the time, there was a group of us guys that we'd play all kinds of ball together and different stuff. And, and uh, he changed high schools, came to the high school I was going to, wouldn't even talk to me. I came to the assumption, well, he must think the same thing. I'm not cool enough. And, and, and maybe there was, you know, some kind of inner thing going on, although the Scriptures don't indicate this. And secondly, um, maybe just plain and simple, it had to do with money. Those 30 pieces of silver would add up today to about $10,000. I mean, that's no chunk of change to laugh at, for sure. Third, maybe it was the fact that when Jesus looked at you, He saw deep inside you. Maybe that just was too much for Him. Maybe it was like, I don't like the way He knows what I think and, and can, can see me too clearly. Made Him nervous. <laughs> Or maybe fourth, uh, you know, he's Judas Iscariot. Some have said instead of that Hebrew name, Iscariot, that um, maybe it's the Greek word that literally means dagger bearer, which means maybe really what he was was one of these terrorist types who was trying to bring Jesus to fight boldly against the Roman Empire. And, and then when Jesus didn't pursue that, he was disappointed and he just gave up and forsook Jesus and turned and betrayed him. Or fifth, or more likely that he hoped somehow that Jesus would bring in his new kingdom and fix what was broken around him in the way that the Roman Empire ruled. He was a, a friend and a confidant, a disciple, a treasure, and yet he was a traitor among those men. And I want to look at three things today about what he ultimately missed. And it's the same three things that any of us can miss. First, he missed the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Notice here in verse 5, what a tragic verse. He says, so Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. He, he saw no hope. And so he committed suicide. You know, it's so tragic. He, he committed suicide before Christ was sentenced. He committed suicide before the questioning um, with Jesus had run its course. Before Barabbas was released, he was dead. Before Jesus was scourged with a whip, no life. Before the crown of thorns was pushed onto Jesus' head, he was dead. Before he was nailed, Jesus was nailed to the cross, Judas had already made a decision for eternity and never heard those words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You see, he died with a sense of, there's just no reason to live. And, and you know what's sad about it, as I want us to notice in the section of Scripture, is how close he came to receiving that forgiveness, and yet he missed it all. Some people think, ah... That person's just too far gone. God's not going to listen to their plea. That's not God. It, it says in Second Peter 3, 9, that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He cares about all people. 
people. He wants us to find his forgiveness. Judas missed that. and There are three components that happen in forgiveness, in, in discovering that grace of God that comes. First is just acknowledging our sin. Secondly is a real sense of remorse. And, and then third is just receiving that forgiveness. Taking that to heart. And soaking in that forgiveness. Look at uh, verse 4 of our text. He says, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. So he completed number one. He acknowledged that he had sinned, that what he, he betrayed an innocent person. He got that. And then the second one we see in verse 3, he completed as well. There was a real sense of remorse. It says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw Jesus was condemned, he was received with remorse and returned the 30 silver coins to the chief priest and to the elders. He was really sorry for what he had done. But what he didn't do was reach out and find the forgiveness that was available to him. He missed that. He cried. He wept. He admitted what he did was wrong. But he died merely with that knowledge that he needed to be forgiven. He understood what he needed, but he didn't find it. That is tragic. There's people all around us, and maybe it's you, who you're just eat up with pain and bitterness and brokenness and there needs to be forgiveness in your life Judas missed that don't miss that secondly there is peace Judas missed the peace that Christ gives John fourteen twenty seven. he says peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. John 14, 27. Jesus hey, I have peace that I want you to have peace. And then, of course, in Philippians 4, 7, he says that he gives a peace that passes or transcends all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Man, we live in a world of upheaval, and peace is not the absence of conflict. The, the word peace literally speaks about to make a relationship right. It's not just the absence of conflict. It's bringing the relationship back together. I started looking at teen suicide, and these statistics are from March 27th of this year. So this is recent. The annual number of teen youth suicides each year, those, well, this is 10 to 24. It's above um, teenagers, but 4,600 suicides in the last year the average number of suicides a day in that age group 12 a day 12 people a day see no reason to live there's no vision of hope average number a year 575,000 people who see no hope these young people percent of high school students who said they seriously committed would seriously consider suicide 20 percent Percent of students 9th through 12th grade who reportedly considered it 
percent who reported creating a plan, 13%. And the annual number of youth who received medical care for self-inflicted injuries, 157,000. No sense of hope. No peace that Jesus provides that is missed, that is needed, that he provides. Peace is found nowhere else. Peace is found not in a philosophy. Peace is not found in a place. Peace is found in a person. It's the person of Christ. He is the only one that can bring the peace that we so desperately need. He is the person who fits in our lives where everything else doesn't fit. Where, where there's always this distraction. Where there's always this deep longing and there's this great disturbance. And, and God wants to do more than take away the absence of conflict. He wants to fill your heart. He wants to give you real peace that makes a difference. And, and then the third thing here is there's power that He provides in the Holy Spirit. So tragic that Judas missed the power. The power didn't come as the disciples sought the power. Matter of fact, where were they after the crucifixion? Where were they? Man, they were in the upper room. And they were praying. Why were they praying? Because it was dangerous. And that's one thing. Uh, this new series AD sh- shows, which I, I, I'm really intrigued to see is we forget these were real people whose very lives were in great danger. And they had great courage, but they also dealt with great fear, a real trembling and shaking in their boots or sandals. <laughs> and But God worked and God provided and He gave them the peace and He gave them the power that they needed. Judas missed that power. There are those who look to Jesus and say, Oh yeah, Jesus, that's why we go to church on Easter Sunday. But they, they, they don't ever get that personalized power that he provides. I love it. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, there's that wonderful scripture that tells us that God's power came upon the church in that moment where they had gathered and, and he revealed himself to those early followers in that first church. Acts chapter 1 Verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And and that word power is a word uh, we translate dynamic, or the word we get dynamite from, or dynamo. (laughs) He says, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Hey, that's your home right where you are. Or in all Judea and Samaria. In those places right outside of the capital city. And to the ends of the earth as missionaries going to new places. Sharing that that message that provides hope. That provides peace. That gives forgiveness. That Jesus is no longer in a tomb. That he is alive. And that proves that there's hope. There's a power He provides for that to occur. And hey, as, as we are gathered today, and not just in this church, 
but all over the world. It's because that tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And he has transformed and changed countless lives since the result of that empty tomb and since his appearance and since he returned and since he was with his disciples. You know, I think of that time as as they were huddled together as, as Jesus had come back and it says that they were in a room it says the doors were locked. And that all of a sudden, although the doors were locked, that Jesus is standing there before them. And Thomas had said, you know, unless I can touch the places where the nails went into my Lord, I'm not going to believe. And so there's Jesus and he says, you know, okay, Thomas, touch. And, and it doesn't even say Thomas went into this you know, great examination. It says at that moment, my Lord and my God. And he believed. Because he, he understood that he was alive. And, and that's where we are, guys. We are people who have been saved. The, the hope has made sense, has transformed and changed us. And we're to share with a world that's broken. There is hope. We're to share with a world that's broken. You can be forgiven. You don't have to... You don't have to live with deep regrets that control you. God loves you. He forgives you. And, and then secondly, the, a, a sense of peace. There, there can be a sense of why am I here and that makes sense. That connects to the heart. And He gives us a, He provides us a power of the risen Lord where we can rise above and, and live with Him and walk with Him. He promises that. And all that is because the tomb was empty. He is alive. And He's with the Father. And He wants us to know Him. I guess, you know, any message drives us there. What have you done with Christ? Have you placed your confidence and your trust in Him? It's never been about our performance. It's always been about His provision. It's never been about what I can do. It's always been about what He's done. Have you trusted Him? Let's pray. Father, I always am broken and amazed when I think about You. And I am so grateful the scriptures do not end with they sealed that tomb with a big rock. That's not where it ends, Lord. You are alive. And you are at the right hand of the Father. And you are praying for us. And you are providing a new way through your own life. And you want us all to know that hope and that life, to find you and and trust in you. Father, have forgiveness and have peace and have power. Father, I, I just pray that we would just turn to you, whatever that may mean this morning, Father. And that we would find that forgiveness and that peace and that power, Lord. Maybe there's some here, Father, some of us who have just drifted, Father. There's been a time where we came to you 
Father, we saw you clearly, but we've lost sight of you since. And Father, we just need to take another good look at you, Lord, and come back to you. Father, you never left us, but Father, we leave you. Father, speak to our hearts, and may we just say yes to you this morning, this precious Easter, Father. May you be glorified. Father, uh, like Judas, maybe we've been around you in church, but maybe we've missed you. May that not be the case this morning. May we leave here, Father, confident that you Father, throne of our heart. In Christ's name we pray.